Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. So glad you're with us wherever you are. If you're joining us here locally on television in the Santa Barbara, California area, we welcome you uh, at TVSB. And of course, so many of you joining us all around the world at all these other platforms, the, the YouTube channel and goodlifetelevision.org and also the podcast, which you can search any podcast platform. You can search Good Life Conversations. Uh, find us there. All these interviews drop every week. There's interviews that are dropped. And at the YouTube channel, you can you can watch all the long form interviews plus all the uh, what we call power clips, where we kind of break those interviews up. And so we hope you'll check them out. You can follow us on these different social media platforms. Uh, and we're just so grateful for you. So grateful that you're along for the ride. We're brought to you by our friends at Bun and Chevrolet, and so grateful for them. And it's just been such a wonderful journey here, as we've got to talk to so many good people, and we're, we're talking about the good stuff, and, and we're. We're dwelling on the good stuff, and so that's such an honor and a privilege and such a great uh, thing that you're here with us. Uh, so I'm really excited about my guests today. Uh, I've been reading about them over the last day or so. Uh, Zach and Susie Mack are with me. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, amazing story, and I want to get into it in terms of... Uh, all that's happened over the last few years. You guys have had kind of an eventful time, it seems like. Uh, but I, but, um, but I want to start with how you met, which is such a fun, amazing. It's like something out of a movie, kind of. <laughs> uh, but you're so take me back. I mean, this is obviously several years ago now. But the, you're you're on an airplane, Florida to California flight. Like who saw who first? How, how did this work? Well, I'll start it for you. I'll <laughs> let you take over. Uh, so, uh, yeah, flying in, uh, I had visited my grandparents in Florida, um, and uh, Susie was working there and living there at the time. And uh, she was traveling for work. Um, I was traveling to come back home in Santa Barbara. And, uh, you know, the chances of us meeting were, were incredible because um, so unique. Uh, she usually doesn't fly, you know, uh, into Santa Barbara. Uh, uh, she flies into L.A. kind of thing. So it was, uh, you know, I, I came in, I, I sat down right next to her, I looked at her, and she took my breath away instantly. Um, and it was one of those things that, you know, I, I, I said hi, and uh, she said hi, and we literally started talking for about four and a half hours straight, laughing, I'm almost to the point of tears, you know, kind of thing. And people are starting to look around, like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I mean, we were into it, you know, kind of thing. So um, I, I got lucky and got her number, and uh, I talked to her every day after that since. And uh, you can tell your rendition. <laughs> um, Did he take your breath away? Not, uh, maybe, <laughs> not, maybe not quite the same, <laughs> not way. Quite the no, same yeah. way, um, but I could tell he was like really interested in talking to me. Um, and so, and he was very funny and charming. Um, it took, I think three times before he actually got my number. But by the end of the flight, he asked me to hold his hand and I said, yes. And so I, we held hands and then we got our luggage together and it's like, all right. I guess I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> so, so is this like there's three seats? Yeah, he's in the middle. Yeah. So I'm at the window. He's in the middle, and then there's a which is actually how he got me to talk to him. Um, so he I, at first he was talking to me, and I wasn't really at the time I was traveling a lot, so I was on a plane very often. Um, 
and I didn't. I wasn't really taking him on. You're like, who talks to a random stranger on a plane, right? right. I was in work mode. I was in, I was in work mode. Like yeah. I just wasn't like, yeah. Um, but then um, in the middle seat, that's terrible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so who is the, the poor guy on the on the on the aisle? Well, we Does started he? chatting too a yeah. little bit. You know, I had to show her that I'm not some crazy nut. You know, right. like I, I have to. But but that person, there was a he was into he. it too. Yeah, he was yeah. into it. So yeah. he must just be going, what is happening? Here? Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. So he's making this other guy laugh, and I'm like, what's so funny? And then yeah, somehow it just became the three of us talking, and then it was just the two of us talking, and then here I am holding hands with a random stranger on a plane, <laughs> and then. So by the end of the <laughs> flight, you're holding hands. Yeah. 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 So. I, uh, I, I, there was such were a there peanuts involved? Was, yeah, <laughs> she had no. I gave everything I could give. You were right, right. I was, I was on uh, try as hard as you can. You know? Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I, I tell my mother-in-law, you know, this all the time is that uh, that true love, that love at first sight, you know, for me in my in my world, yeah, it was actuality. It was it real. Happened. It happened. 29C or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I should get that. Yeah, 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 you should. Um, I, you know, and there was a time, and this sounds cliche, but, uh, you know, she, at first she was trying to kind of ignore me. She was working. You know, I she wasn't having it for a little bit, and I almost gave up. But, you know, when she turned and looked at me, the sun came in through the window and hit her just right. And her face just lit up. And she looked at me, and we made eye contact, and she smiled really big. That feeling, I've never had it in my life, and I probably will never, except for the wedding day, maybe. But, I mean, in my gut. Same. And I it, that that feeling carried on, and it's I still have it when I look at her sometimes. You know, it's oh my god. Yeah, it's incredible. How wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. So if you get the middle seat, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up. Oh. Love at twenty six thousand feet. I mean, you know. Screw that. Wow. Okay. So you get her number. Yeah, you get her number. You, you, and I, then now she still lives in Florida, though. Right. So right. you're just talking your... Yep. And he invites me to Santa Barbara. Now, of course, I mean, yeah. I come to Santa Barbara and we we have a few dates. And I mean, yeah. it's so easy to fall in love in Santa Barbara because right. Right. it's beautiful. Right. And the, right. the people and the energy and... Um, he said, you know, I'm going to marry you and we're going to move to Santa, I'm going to move you to Santa Barbara. And I was like, all right, good luck, buddy. <laughs> um, and I said, if you really want to pursue me, then you have to move to Florida, which at the time was challenging because he was a single dad taking care of a two year old, um, which also really impressed me that he um, was responsible and was taking care of his son. And um, because he had family there, he said, OK, I will move to Florida and pursue you um, as long as you know it's a package deal it's me and, and my son um, and I was cool with that and so then the three of us um, spent a lot of time together and on his own Finn started calling me mom which was really sweet Wow! and then um, he proposed to me in Santa Barbara at Ledbetto Actually, I'd, so, you know, you all know that view, like, right yeah. at the top, like, I'm walking up and we're just taking a walk, something we always do, at and, um, or, like, shoreline area, yeah. shoreline part, and then we get to the top and I look down and I'm like, oh, babe, look, and it says, will you marry me, and then I realize it says Susie, <laughs> and I turn around and he's on one knee oh proposing. So then, yeah, um, we got married at El Encanto, right here. And um, yeah, things were really wonderful. And then I got pregnant very quickly. 
and we were really excited. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. So let's let's go to that next part. Yeah. yeah. So so um, so you get pregnant, and then at at, at seventeen weeks, I guess, is when <coughs> your water broke, and mm -hmm. this is now becoming a thing where it's like they're saying it's not viable. You need to terminate the pregnancy. What happened that day for you guys? Go ahead, that. So um, the water broke like in the middle of the night, and I didn't know what was happening. So I, I honestly like I had no idea. I thought like, did I pee myself? Did yeah. I like you know? Yeah. And I told him, and he was like, I don't know. It seems weird. Um, but we went to bed honestly. Like I was not in pain. I was not. And then in the morning, I woke up and I was like, this is very strange. I actually ended up calling um, a friend of mine who's a um, OB and a consultant in Jamaica, um, and she's head of the department there at UA. And I, um, I called her and I was like, hey, this situation happened last night. What do you think? And her tone, she was like, you need to call your OB immediately and you need to get to the emergency room immediately. This is a very dangerous situation. And so, like, like the panic. And, you know, I, I told him what was going on and we went straight to Cottage. And, um, you know, the first thing they said was, well, if you water really broke and you're at 17 weeks, there's really nothing we can do to help you. Um, and then what happened? Yeah, I mean, at 17 weeks, uh, you know, the baby is not considered viable um, by the hospital in that standard, you know. Um, so then, um, uh, you know. Yeah, they said they were going to check for amniotic fluid when I told them what happened. And at I'd, the ER. At the ER. So, well, actually, at the labor ward by this point. So I'm at the labor ward. They're checking for amniotic fluid, and they're like, oh, there's no fluid. Like, we're not seeing any fluid. So everything's probably okay. So at this point, we're like, oh, well, maybe everything's okay. And we're like, it's just like this roller coaster of emotion. Like, so we go to our OB, and um, who's amazing, Susan Ramos. Um, she, you know, looks at the ultrasound and she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's, there's no amniotic fluid at all. That's why they didn't, you know, find any. Um, and, you know, his heart's still beating, but he's not going to make, like, this baby's not going to survive. Um, and then she said, but let's have you see a specialist. So like within, you know, this is all in one day, you know, yeah. so we go see the specialist and he was very um, direct. Like he basically was like, yeah, this pregnancy is over. Like this, this pregnancy is done, but you can always try again. And we're looking at each other like, what? Yeah. He, he did uh, a scan uh, and, you know, on the big screen and he's measuring him and uh, he's looking at us and he's like, you know, even if um, the small percentage chance that this baby survived, um, we're talking MS, we're talking- Contractions, uh, yeah, uh, deformities. Right, um, you know, uh, and his growth looks stunted. Um, he looks very small. Um, you're risking an infection and Susie might not even uh, save her womb. So, you know, all these uh, things that would cause such destruction and chaos, you know, in our relationship, in our family, uh, you know, um, emotions were high, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I lost it then because it really hit me. Um, when you're hearing from a specialist that this is what's happening, you know, it's too much. And it's um, like supposedly the top MFM in Santa Barbara, like, you know. Right. Um, and 
yeah well i i think i didn't really accept it at that time i know it hit you and i remember going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and being like lord i know you're gonna save my baby like just not really accepting it um no we went to you know we started telling family what was going on and like prayers because there was a very small chance something like 15 percent that the sack would heal and the amniotic fluid would come, you know, I'm when you're pregnant, you're constantly producing it. Um, it would fill back up and, and maybe, you know, um, so that's what we were really praying for is like, let it heal, let it come back, let it, well, days and days passed and it did not heal and the water did not come back. Um, but our OB had agreed because for us, um, termination wasn't really ever an option. Um, my, you know in talking to zach's parents as well who are super supportive um it was like you know if if you're gonna go into labor just let it happen of course there's a risk of losing my womb but um we just didn't want to go through with that so i'm at home pretty much every day waiting to go into labor and like saying goodbye to the baby yeah and dr ramos um you know graciously uh penciled this into her schedule every two days which for you know a busy OBGYN in Santa Barbara is unheard of right. um, so we literally were getting up in the morning uh, every two days we don't know what we're gonna hear mm -hmm. you know so you're going in there she does her scan um, all right there's still no no amniotic fluid uh, but his heart is solid it's beating at 155 you know I remember just putting my my ear on her stomach and listening to it and that was the thing that was keeping me going you know it was like the Energizer Bunny you know <laughs> just going and you know one of the scans uh, Ozzy was smiling in it mm -hmm. and it was like you know just a total godsend you know like yeah. a god wink like I'm, I'm fighting. I'm going to get through this. You guys just hang in there, you know? Wow. Um, you know, I also really remember, because um, we were trying to think about, like, how do we tell this to Finn, right? Or a six-year-old. Like, how do we, because he's expecting mommy to have a baby. Right. So how do we explain if the baby doesn't come? Um, and so we let him know, hey, Ozzy isn't feeling well, so we need to be praying for him, like, as much as he can at, like, kindergarten level, right? And he's like, oh. Ozzy's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. And he's gonna have blue eyes just like me. <laughs> and we're like, okay, random and probably not. But he does have blue eyes. He does. <laughs> he does. Um, and yeah, it was just like the faith of a child, you know, like it just, it really inspired me. Finn was just so cash, like, oh, we're praying every day. He's gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> and so eventually, you know, Dr. Ramos was like, okay, if you can make it to 24 weeks, maybe. Sanford or UCLA or Cottage was like, there's no way we'll take you because we can't help you. We don't know what this baby will come out like and, and they just don't have the resources, right? Um, but she was like, maybe one of these other hospitals we can get you in. At 22 weeks, I went to UCLA and um, saw the team there and they were all looking at me like, this woman is crazy. Like, what is going on like and how are you still pregnant yeah and how are you still pregnant i mean we got that left and right <laughs> yeah like what are you doing they kept asking me like what are you doing i'm like mm, laying down drinking water fighting yeah believing <laughs> believing that's what, that's I'm, what doing. I'm doing yeah. praying and believing even online i tried to find like you know websites and stories of people who um had gone through it there are not very many um, there are a couple that I found and they were very, you know, inspirational and like helpful and supportive. But really, there's just not a lot of information about it because most women just terminate. Yeah, right. You know, it's the it's the least dangerous thing to do. So six to seven weeks, she was on bed rest. 
and at uh, home uh, i was on bed 12 we- 12 weeks in total right well with the hospital stay mm-hmm. yeah but in better so you know i i quit i had to quit my job and sales i took care of her um you know took care of the six-year-old and um you know she's working remotely part-time as well going through yeah, all this working. you know so it's the stress of that too um and uh you know we were just have her drink tons of water tons of water just refill it refill it because that was you know that's the only way we can fill up a little bit of the amniotic sac our our hope of doing that mm-hmm. you know so every every glass of water i thought was like it felt like a, <laughs> a, a breath of fresh air for him you know yeah. yeah you know it was like to that point so um yeah we got through that made it to 22 and a half 23 weeks and then so the thing is you know and, and i don't know if you know this but um when a baby has a circumstance like at, at this stage of development what's really growing is the lungs right and the amniotic fluid because we breathe liquid when we're in the womb is what develops the lungs and so um no matter what even you know even if he makes it all the way there's no way from an ultrasound to tell if the lungs are actually developing and working um you won't know until the baby's born and so um one of the things they warned us, you know, at, at 22, 23 weeks, like when you come and live at the, oh, I lived in the hospital for six weeks. When you come and live at the hospital at 24 weeks, which is when they consider it viable, there's still not a guarantee. And they made sure to tell me every single day, um, this baby could be born and, and not be breathing. This baby could be born and um, just to, to consistently remind me. I mean, it was so stressful uh, to the point where eventually I told him and then he told the doctors and nurses, stop. Like, she doesn't need to hear that anymore. She knows. We know the risk we're taking. But they really thought, like, like something's wrong with this person. She's a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. She has the grace of God. It's so strange. (laughs) I know. You know? Um, Never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Pop on, man. It's real. But, you know, after, after me talking to the nurses, like, since having a baby and all that, one of the things the nurses shared with me is that there were other women in the hospital in my situation, um, who, whose babies didn't make it. And, um, and so they, they kept watching me being like, how is she still going? How is the baby still going? Um, but yeah, I made it to, so I'm living in the hospital for six weeks. All this time he's in Santa Barbara with Finn and I'm in LA living in a hospital. And that wasn't easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for both, you know, I mean, we were, we were going back and forth from Santa Barbara to LA, um, you know, sometimes driving, sometimes bus, sometimes Uber, just, you know, um, just so that we could be with her, and we set up the whole—I ho- um, I almost called it a hotel room because <laughs> it looked like a hotel room. You know, it looked like her mini room at home. You know, moved over. It had the pictures all lined up. The nurses would just crack up. They wanted to hang out on there. Yeah, you know, it was like their break. <laughs> it room, became a hangout you know? spot, like because <laughs> um, you know we brought her own pillows. You know, just so everything just was as comfortable as, pro- as possible. You know. Um, and the nurses there were great and you know, you, you got some good bonds, you know, with a lot of yeah. them, you made friends with a lot of them. Those nurses are like literal angels. Yeah. Like they're, they're, it's such a great job taking care of me. Um, but yeah, so I lived in the hospital for, for six weeks and I, I remember, um, you know, every day just praying every day that he would be alive the next morning, you know? Um, yeah. And then at 29 weeks. I get a call at four o'clock in the morning, um, and it was a call that I'll never forget. <laughs> and it was, I'm five centimeters dilated. Um, I'm having an emergency C-section, and they're taking me right now. Oh my gosh! So 
you know, called up my father and we hauled down. Let me tell you how good God is and like <laughs> how crazy. So up until that point, I had had no contractions, no signs of labor, which 12 weeks after you water breaking already is like not a thing like that just like so i had no contractions at all and then um my i started to have very high sh- high sugar high blood pressure just gestational stuff which as you can imagine laying in a bed for 12 weeks will do that to you um while pregnant and so your body doesn't care about you it only cares about the placenta and the baby um and so the nurses um my doctors had suggested why don't we start checking your blood sugar at like three in the morning because it seems fine in the day but then you wake up and it's really high and so they started literally that night decided to wake me up at three in the morning to check my blood sugar they wake me up at three in the morning to check my blood sugar and i say something feels weird something feels different like something's going on um i know right now that if they did not if i was not woken up at 3 a.m to check my sugar i probably would have slept through it and not known and probably i I mean it it was just so strange like i just knew something was going on and the doctors kept looking at the machine saying there are no contractions there's nothing like you called me and told me that i call yeah i I called him because i didn't know i was going into labor i just kept saying like i can feel that something is happening i don't know what it is and Mm. and then i started to have labor pains but the machine wasn't picking it up and eventually the nurses, one of them walked over to the doctor's station and said, you need to get over there because something is like, she keeps saying something's going on, even though the machine is saying everything's fine. And they come over and they're like, oh yeah, you're five centimeters dilated. Um, we're going to do this now. And I was like, now? Like right now? As yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it was just all a whirlwind, you know, and um, another, another way, like Jesus just like showed up in my face. Um, so we... I, you know, they're preparing me for, for surgery and they're getting IVs in, they're doing all the things and there are all these nurses all around me and it's a teaching hospital, right? So like more people than normal are there and there are all these people around me and I'm like overwhelmed and confused and crying and um, my husband's two hours away in Santa Barbara. There's nobody there with me, just me. Um, and it, it looked almost like... Um, a wave like coming like you know and you see someone like gliding through a wave that's what it felt like like this person came through like the crowd and hugged me and she said um god is with you you're okay like it's gonna be okay you got this god is with you and i felt like the presence of the holy spirit i felt calm i felt peace i felt everything i needed to feel in that moment i had never spoken to that nurse before um but she had been watching me and she had been watching our situation um and and actually i think she was a volunteer not like a, a uh, like anyways so her name is sarah and she was just wonderful um and it was what i needed it was like god in that moment being like hey like forget everything else around you like center yourself like i got you you know um and then yeah after that we went into it was like alien abduction, you know, just like <laughs> take her and under the lights and yeah. um and I and I get there, um, finally get there and you know, uh, uh, jump out of the car, run up. I don't know uh, if she's given birth. I don't know what the situation is at all. 
uh, there's a huge line, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I, this is one of the times I'm not going to wait in line, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, what are they going to do? Um, <laughs> so I, I run up there and um, I just want to know that he's okay and she's okay. I, I just want to know, you know, I run up there, I get to, I'm, I'm searching for her and I'm going to where I saw her last. And she's not there, obviously. So I'm running to all these different locations. And the nurses are like, where are you, which way are you going? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, this way, that way. So I go over and um, I, I finally find a nurse and and ask, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ozzy Duthie Maggot, what's going on with him, Susanna? And um, uh, they're like, oh, uh, he came out and he's good. And he came up with a fist up in his air <laughs> and he was crying and he was crying and he was screaming and crying. And when I heard that he was crying and screaming, I knew that he had lung activity. Yeah. And at that point I just lost it, you know, and a fist up in the air too. You know, like <laughs> I did it. Um, still this day, he still yeah, goes, he still you know, <laughs> it's so cute. Um, and uh, then I make it and I, and I see Susie and she's just waking up and just, just coming to and she looks at me and she's like, where is he? Where is he? How is he? And I go, he's doing great. He, he was born with his fist up in the air and he's uh, crying and, and his lungs are good. And she's like, his lungs are good. I'm going, yeah, his lungs are good. And, you know, we didn't know a lot about it, but we just knew he was alive, alive and breathing. And, and, yeah. breathing and um, from there, it was literally just waiting for her to come to, you know, because we're just on a mm -hmm. you know, total high rush that this is happening this is real and he's alive and uh susie's okay you know so yeah and then we spent 90 days in the NICU <laughs> which is a whole other journey of its own and like really intense um and then we brought him home on oxygen and they were they were all saying to us too like you the baby will probably be on oxygen until he's like one or two years old um and I mean, even now, they still kind of, you know, are amazed every time they see how well he's doing, um, because everything they say, he just beats the odds every single time. Um, they kept me moving him in the NICU to, you know, there's different areas of like, um, you know, stages of like, oh, this baby needs more attention. You know, let's put him here. So he ke they kept moving him <laughs> to different areas where the babies are more active and running around. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just watching the progress, you know, and I'm like, he was on, you know, oxygen defibrillator mm -hmm. when he first came out for a while. He was in a, uh, an incubator for what? He was in an incubator for the first like month or so. He two pounds, yeah, size he was of my hand. He, was he would fit so in my tiny. hand. Um, I didn't get to hold him for like a week, and like as a mom, like all you want to do is hold your baby, you know. But he had just like cords and tubes all over him, um, and he couldn't hold his temperature. But um, yeah, those NICU nurses are amazing. And then it got to the place where he was doing so well um, in the NICU that um, uh, at UCLA that they're like, yeah, he's too, he's too well to be here. Like he needs to go home to Santa Barbara to Cottage. And we're like, awesome. So um, Cottage was amazing as well. And they yeah. took good care of him and yeah. Yeah, and he came home on oxygen and mm -hmm. slowly progressed off of that. And now we literally use his old oxygen cords for jump ropes and playing outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> and he's incredible and yeah. he's sassy and <laughs> like his mama and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and loves the beach and full of life. And How old he, is he now? Uh, he, so he's 13 months corrected age. Um, he's like. 15 months his you know actual age but yeah. um yeah he's doing amazing he's saying a lot of words um a lot of mama dada baba mm -hmm. type words mm -hmm. um he's pulling himself up he's he's doing great wow yeah yeah total miracle 
Yeah, he's a fighter. I've never heard a story like that. Even now, I mean, we t- he his, had his NICU thing yesterday, um, his NICU che- like high risk clinic checkup, and they still look at him like, like this baby is just amazing. Like they just keep, they're in awe of him. So are we every single day. Like he just really has solidified our faith. I mean, we obviously we always had faith, like, oh but God, he yeah. just like really, <laughs> yeah. 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 And 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 the message is clear, you know, it's uh, don't ever give up hope. You know, I mean, uh, faith moves mountains. And this is exactly the case. One time someone asked me if um, if I had lost the baby, would I have still made the same choice? And I would have, you know, I I think um, it is a miracle and it is something that isn't like common. so you know i would say for a woman who is going through it like there's no guarantee that your baby's going to make it but it's worth it definitely worth like the the effort and the emotion and all the things and like our relationship is so much stronger Mm -hmm. um or family bond feels stronger like you just yeah Mm -hmm. i'm glad we we made the right choice (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) yeah and the support yeah i mean the support was so important and and we just had everyone that was praying and everybody was telling me that uh, you know uh, he's gonna make it including my you know six-year-old fan <laughs> that's literally not shaken from this at all yeah. he's yeah. just like he's gonna come out have the blue eyes <laughs> we're gonna play and it's gonna be great and yeah. i'm like i really hope you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow well you guys that is stunning and wonderful and yeah, talk about building your faith. I mean, my goodness. Because this was not like an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. This was a s- weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, and months. <laughs> months. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. Um, Bring it in. Ozzy Mack. Wow. Ozzy Mack. Yeah. You better yeah. write that name down. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this kid. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, praise the Lord for what's yeah. happened. Yes. And uh, for you guys and... What a story. Yeah. What's next? I mean, how do we... We started at 26,000 How about we feet just relax for a little yeah. bit? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Time for that. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. What started at 26,000 feet. Yeah. Ozzy Mac, and here we are. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. I didn't Thanks really for get having to, us. I didn't get to go into anything else because that was enough but oh. maybe another time but yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah. great to meet you I know we just kind of went so rambled no yeah. no that's yeah. not that's powerful and people are going to be really encouraged to hear mm. that story because okay. that's against all odds yeah that's one thing that you know uh, you know you hear about the impossible when mm. God's that's when God starts is that the impossible yeah mm. and it's almost like we never want to be in a situation where we're facing the impossible mm. because it's horrible place humanly to be mm-hmm. but then you find yourself in one and you're you realize who's really in charge here mm-hmm. and yeah. who has the power <laughs> yeah you know and it's not us um, yeah. and then here you guys found yourself in an impossible mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. situation and then look what happened I mean I've never heard of such a thing it's yeah. incredible yeah. I mean so what a great testimony and story mm-hmm. and what a great adventure you guys have in front of you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Almost definitely. I mean, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. It's Glad to know you. Yeah. That's well, thank you. It's been an honor to be on the show too yeah. and we really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing story. 
Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.